Lakeith and I make sweaty eye contact just as he reaches between <laughs> legs and braces himself. He grunts out a command, then grabs <laughs> everything explodes into <laughs> before I <laughs> him right as he Why don't you get the fuck out of the studio? <laughs> That's the most childish redacted you've ever done. <laughs> I don't even know if it's accurate, but you know what? <laughs> uh, spoiler, it's always accurate. <laughs> Hello, Nicole. Hi, Bim. How are you today? I'm pretty good, actually. How are you? I am also pretty good. I love the level of surprise in both of our voices. Like, shocking shock of shocks. We're both doing okay. Yeah. Isn't um, that nice? That's, it is nice, and it is surprising. Um, you know, because sometimes when you're doing a little inventory, you're like, oh, here's everything that's wrong. And I guess today I'm like, yeah, there's still a lot wrong, but I also feel just good. You can't beat yourself up every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the bruising gets to be too much. Exactly. So some days you just have to come to the studio and have fun with your friend. Exactly. And today we're going to have a fun time. Listen, I already know we are. <laughs> because once we selected this week's Thirst Objects, our eyes lit up with what can only be described as unholy glee. Yes, yes. Um, we are going to talk about Lakeith Stanfield. Mm, God bless his wiry that, frame. Yes, yes. I have a lot of thoughts about the physicality of Mr. Lakeith. Um, Lakeith has been booked and busy. Okay, listen, and he's already he's listen. He's quite young, but his filmography is of someone with a much longer career. Right. Lakeith has a varied, substantial, pretty illustrious career right now. Right. Um, but he also has some missteps that we're going to talk about. Yes. And, yeah, and, yes, he does. Right. And one of, you know, part of that is why we are just now getting to Lakeith because he's been on our minds for a very long time. And, you know, we like to um, marinate on these uh, topics and the people we're going to talk about and even guests because we want to make sure that we're making a good choice, a proper choice that fits in with the mission, the overall mission of what we're trying to accomplish here. Um, and sometimes that means. Some people get crossed off the list. Sometimes that means people, we reluctantly put them back on the list right. <laughs> and have to do a lot of uh, caveats when we talk about them. Right. And Lakeith is such a thirst object. There are caveats. But alongside those uh, caveats and those problems and those whatevers that we are slowly getting over, there is also, like Nicole said, a wealth of just career goodness mm -hmm. that points to a very interesting thirst object. You couple that with, like you said, his physicality. Mm -hmm. and who he appears to be and it makes for a very interesting slash potent mix right. of modern masculinity and modern African-American masculinity as well right. and we want to kind of think about that um, and so I think it's going to be a good episode I am wearing my thirsting belt <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm quite ready to kind of take it down a couple of uh, notches. Yeah, we've already said some stuff that we are definitely taking out of the final cut of this episode. <laughs> this is going into the bloopers hall of fame. Um, but I'm, I think this is going to be a really good episode. I think so too. Should we get into it? Yes, let's go. So, Nicole. Yeah. For you... This feels like a very kind of uh, obvious answer <laughs> because Lakeith is very much your type to a T. 
Absolutely. Lakeith is the kind of man that I was raised around. Uh-huh. The This um, wiry, slick-mouthed, um, <laughs> you know, very dry wit, uh-huh. you know, dry-witted, I guess I should say, um, black man who is... You know, kind of slight. You yeah. know, he's uh, physically physically mean. slight. Yes, um, but you can also tell that he is a powerhouse. That he has right. that he is someone that you should not underestimate just because he does not weigh two hundred and fifty pounds or whatever. Right, um, right. So I look at him and I see like my teenage years, my mm. college years. Um, I see familiarity. I uh-huh. see home even though he's not southern he was raised in california right um but i see i see everything good <laughs> it feels it feels like you're taking a nostalgic walk down historical first lane yes and and what you find there is warming your heart yes amongst other things yes he reminds Same. me of Andre 3000, you yes. know, like the build the right. humor the, the kind energy. of yeah the yeah. kind of um quiet but don't fuck with me kind of thing right. and this also he also is a little weird and I, I don't I, and, not, and not in a bad way but just like someone who clearly thinks differently than a lot of people and um you know for some people that's they don't want that that's no, that's, that's too fair. much yeah I mean I'll go a step further and say he's more than a little weird I think I'll <laughs> say he's quite and very weird yeah I think about a tweet that I saw from uh, our friend Stacia L. Brown uh who was kind of just trying to describe the very specific allure of Lakeith. And I thought it kind of nailed it perfectly. She said, Lakeith Stanfield is so many people and each one is thoroughly convincing. Mm. And I found that to just be so simple and yet so eloquent about the many things he's done. You mentioned that he had this formidable career already. Mm-hmm. And if you go and look at his filmography and you think to yourself, oh, wait, he was in that? Wait, he was in that? Wait, he was in that? Mm-hmm. It's a constant feeling of, my God, he has played, like Stacia says, so many people and each one is thoroughly convincing. And then she went on to say, I know you're going to say, uh, yeah, that's acting. But there's something more than that. He kind of transcends it. It's not just about his acting. Yeah. It's about how he embodies. Yeah. I find that we see that um, the way that he takes control of the role and and shifts it away from parody in the show Atlanta, Mm. um, which he stars in as Darius Epps. And he's kind of this stoner, weird guy, right? And instead of it just being, you know, a complete like a Seth Rogen kind of stoner person or something like that or whatever, he makes it something, you still pay attention to him. You don't dismiss what he's saying. And that, I see that particularly in the episode Teddy Perkins, Mm. which is the, uh, I guess you could say the Michael Jackson episode where Darius goes, he's going to pick up a piano and he ends up in this house with this aging a former star uh, who has, you know, gone through some <laughs> stuff, <laughs> some stuff in his life. And so it's kind of it's Darius's episode. I think this is the first episode where Darius is the focus. And we see that Darius like we get hints of it throughout um, this the series out already. But we see that Darius is actually a very caring, empathetic, compassionate person. Mm. And when he's saying these little 
quick stoner things or he's saying stuff like I don't believe in time and whatever whatever stuff like weird stuff like that what he's trying to get at is just we're all here together and how can I help you like he's really trying to like help out help people around him however he can and so if you haven't seen um, Atlanta which number one you should because it's a really interesting unusual good show um, but you also should watch Teddy Perkins because you get to see Lakeith really settle into his character and make Darius a full fully realized person Right. Yeah, it's just uh, watching him is um, he's kind of mesmerizing. He is mesmerizing is a really good way to kind of put it. And there's a bit that I want to play where he you get like the full force of his charm. Mm. And again, you were saying about how he kind of he has these little stonerisms. Um, but then this is this is a full blown conversation between him and Paperboy, and they are talking. It's a very meandering conversation, mm-hmm. but the core of it is Darius's um, utter groundedness. Like he's asking these questions that make you ask the question too. Like, huh? I guess. And there's some. That's what he does. He's a very generous performer. Like he's he's at the same time as the audience's avatar. He's also kind of forcing us and prodding us to kind of with just with his face, just with his voice. <laughs> just, you know, he's doing a lot of acting besides the words coming out of his mouth. And I really love this scene. Uh, so let's play. Hey, Amen. It's gonna be quick, all right? Don't let Ern spook you and shit. Spook? Uh-huh. Well, I ain't scared of nothing. I got daddy out here. You call your gun daddy? Yes. That's weird, man. Is it weird when your girl call you daddy? Man, that's completely different. And yes, yes, it is. All right, what about Poppy? I know you ain't got no problem with Poppy. Man, Poppy, that's like cultural oh. oh okay because it's spanish now all of a sudden it's sexy but that know? shit always creepy man if a bitch call me daddy man something wrong happened real tough you know you're not gonna see this but you assume perversion of the word daddy i think that's stemming from fear of mortality man. What you call your gun? Nigga gun. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so good. It's, it's so good. <laughs> but listen, he's actually doing a little mini Thursday kit episode in that clip because he's saying, hey, listen, saying something in Spanish, okay, right, like, right. that's a little fetishy too, Paperboy. And I just, I just really like the way he, he's so confident and calm. Like, yeah. he just, he offers these little witticisms like, listen, I've been thinking about this a good amount. Mm-hmm. Allow me to present my thesis. I find it so a very funny but also I'm so drawn to a confident man who's just like yeah what he's saying by most society standards it's kind of like huh that's weird Mm -hmm. but he knows what he's talking about like he has has cleared it with himself yes and that makes me it makes me kind of go huh maybe what you're saying does make sense even when I'm kind of like nah it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) Lakeith is familiar Yes. So many black people know him. Um, I wrote a piece uh, a couple of years ago about the weirdo of black comedy or, mm. or, or black culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was kind of looking at people like Charlie on Blackish. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, people who were just a little bit odd. Yeah. And part of the reason why I think we love these trope characters is that, in fact, they, we, they're familiar to us. Mm-hmm. They're in our families, they're mm-hmm. in our friend groups. We all know a Darius or a Darius-like person right. who just kind of has these weird pronouncements but said with absolute authority. Right. And, and then you, you kind of go, huh? You could, you're like, huh? But then you're also like, oh, that does kind of make sense. Right. So it's not quite like a conspiracy, but 
Yes. It's and conspiracy adjacent. Yeah. And, and Darius <laughs> definitely has many a conspiracy going. And by the time he finishes explaining them, you're like, that makes a lot of sense. He just kind of, he's very confident in himself, you yeah, know? like very he, hot. He knows that he is a little off-center from what people are expecting, but he's also like, that's who I am. That's the thing. He's not oblivious to the looks he gets. Yes. He knows. Yes. And he's kind of like, I'm saying that regardless. Right. Very hot. Yeah. So we're going to play a little clip of him kind of settling into his confidence. You say we always met. 20% of my drinks are free, so How so? I'm that guy People see me and they just want to give me free drinks What can I say? I'm the guy I'm sorry, who is Yes, amazing I'm that guy <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy that's going to get 20% of my drinks free Just that's an a, arbitrary yeah. percentage <laughs> It's say? not even half no. You know, <laughs> it's 20% It's not even a substantial <laughs> amount It's like 20% Enough that you know I'm getting it But also, what is 20%? I love it I absolutely It's so random It's so random But so good And it, yeah. it You believe it That's See, I think that's the core of his whole allure. Whatever he says, I think, yeah, sure, makes sense. Yeah. That's Uh, power, man. Power. Lakeith got his start in the short film version of Short Term 12 and then was a part of the um, extended film version. And that was in 2013. Right. The the short film was in 2008 and then the film came out in 2013. So that is just six years that he has been, quote unquote, in Hollywood, shall right. we say. Right. And in, from there, he's been in Selma. Yep, he played Jimmy Lee Jackson. Right. Then he was in uh, Straight Outta Compton the following year in 2015. I still haven't seen that, but I love that he played Snoop Dogg. Yes. he's not the person I would have cast. No, right. I would not have either, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> and then in the next year after that, he was in Snowden. Right. And then 2017, that's when it really got good. That was his year. Yeah, that yeah. was his year. So he was in um, Get Out, The mm-hmm. Incredible Jessica James. He was in Death Note. Mm-hmm. And then, the, you know... 2018 sorry to bother you um so he has been doing something every year since 2013 right this is the thing so there are seven uh notices of stuff that he did in 2017 of course they were filmed at different times etc etc but 2017 felt like the year that everyone was like hey you know what we're gonna just put this force Mm -hmm. behind lakeith and i think for the most part, he acquits himself incredibly well. So if we start with Get Out, mm. which obviously is the famous, you know, it's it's that's his big role because that's like that was a that was a culture defining movie. Right. Yes. And it, can you believe it's only two years old? No, not at all. It feels like it's I feel like I watched that when I was a child and when I was a teenager and I was an adult. Like it feels like it has always been present. Yeah. Um but he plays in that it's actually quite a small but incredibly pivotal role. He mm-hmm. plays Andre Hayworth, who by various whatevers becomes Logan King. But he is the thing that kind of spurs a moment of realization. Yes. And this is a role that, again, on paper, is very thin. Mm-hmm. He's one of the first people we see in the at the beginning of the movie. Right. So he's just crossing the street, looking very much like himself. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like got that confident walk. He's kind of like listening to music, bobbing along. And, and then something terrible happens. And then he emerges much deeper into the film. And he's a shell of his former self. Yes. Yes. So once we see him with Daniel Kalia's, um character, Chris, mm. and Chris is like trying to, you know, establish a rapport and be like, hey, you're the only other black guy here. What's up? And we realize that something is not right with right. Lakeith's character. Mm-hmm. And that's that pivotal moment where, you know, Chris goes to dap him up 
and he cannot return the dab. Right. He clasps his fist yes, instead. Yes. It's so terrifying. It is, I don't know why. <laughs> it is terrifying because it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and obviously, I mean, you know, at this point, if you haven't seen it, I don't, you know, we don't, we're trying not to give too much away. Right. Um, but you need to go watch it if you yeah. haven't because it's not as scary as you would think it it's is. It's not because I, I am a scaredy cat. I've yeah. mentioned this before. I will probably mention it again. I yeah. do not enjoy a horror movie. I don't enjoy being like, you know, jumped out of my skin. I do not enjoy right. that. But it's not as scary as you think. The overwhelming feeling for me was one of just like understanding you know, ourselves mm-hmm. in relation to the other people who want to possess us. Yes. And that to me was so much more terrifying than the idea of kind of blood and gore. It's, yes. it's this feeling of kind of like your very essence being taken. And Lakeith in there, he his mouth, which is usually kind of quirked up in something yeah. kind of right, it's kind of downturned. Yes. His eyes look incredibly haunted and hollow. Yes. How do you do that yes. physically? How do you make your eyes lose their sparkle? Yes, his eyes became empty, but also you could see the real Andre behind him, like trying to get out. Listen. And there is this, again, another pivotal moment where Andre comes to the foreground and you see, I mean, Lakeith yeah. is incredible. It's, like, it's it, amazing look. Just raw talent. <sighs> just, I mean, it's so good. Anyway, get out. Yeah, I think from there, um, I think he marked his place in he did film history. <laughs> I know I mean, that. I mean, look, that's you know that could be hyperbolic, but he but it's is, not, Nicole. It's not hyperbolic. It's yeah. truth, and you should be proud that you're speaking the truth. <laughs> I think it's incredibly. It's I think it's actually an incredible performance. Yes. After Get Out, we have a Netflix original called The Incredible Jessica James, which stars Jessica Williams as Jessica James. And she is her character is trying to get over a relationship that just ended. Mm. And her boyfriend or now ex-boyfriend is Lakeith's character named Damon. Yes. And what's so great about this? Because the movie itself is fine. It's fine. What's so great about this is seeing um, seeing someone who looks like Lakeith being mooned after. Yes. Okay. Like being longed for a woman is not able to get over him and it's not, you know, and he was not um, abusive in any way. He was not a terrible person. So there's no like codependency in in that, on that level, but there is just, I loved him and he was there for me and I don't, you know, I don't want to let him go. Right. And it just turns out that the relationship had just kind of run its course and there was like, the saddest. Right. There was no like sparks left or whatever. But Jessica was just having a hard time getting over him. And you see um, his character, Damon, and you're like, this dude, you know, like, <laughs> this dude is a toothpick and some socks. <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> Can what? I just say, I love, I love his toothpick legs. Yes. Like, it, what, there's a scene where he's wearing shorts. Yes. And I'm like, look at his legs. He's so little. I just kind of making incoherent sounds. I was like, he's so cute. He is so cute. And like, he again, that loose walk yes. that he has and... You can see why Jessica fell in love with him. Yeah. Like, he just seems like he was the easiest boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit too easy, which mm-hmm. may have contributed right. to the end of the thing. Right. But, like, he's someone who I think just kind of, like, curves around whoever or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can see how that gets frustrating because you kind of, like, make a decision, do something. Right. But, like, I really loved the idea, like you said, this guy being the person that was set up as the one that got away. Yeah. I'm like, like you said, this guy. And it's like, yeah, I'm that guy. In the words of Darius, 
I'm that guy. Yes. That's why. 20% yes. extra free drink. <laughs> yes. And it's just like... I, I loved it. I really loved it. And yeah. I, I'm sure you did as well. Yeah, I did. Absolutely. Because it's so rare to see someone, again, with his um, physical presence, a slim, a very slim guy who, you know, can kind of kind of can skew like he's he looks too young, mm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see someone with his physical presence um, be lusted after and be... Yes. And it's not in a comedic, a fully comedic context, because a lot of times very skinny men, just like very um, fat people, very, you know, overweight people are kind of their bodies are used for comedic purposes. They're not used to be desired. They're not used to be lusted after. And when we see them naked, we're supposed to laugh at them. Right. But when we see Lakeith um, in various stages of undress throughout his career, it's pretty serious or it's, you know, it's a f- appropriate for whatever the the scene is. And we're not supposed to be making fun of his body. We're just supposed right. to be like, oh, there's a body and let's move on. Right. And I, I'm glad you brought up The Incredible Jessica James, because then we kind of segue very naturally into a film that he did last year. Uh, another romantic comedy called Someone Great. Yes. And he stars in that opposite Gina Rodriguez, which, lol. <laughs> okay, yeah. What a difference a year makes. Yes. I was in love with Gina, and now I'm just kind of like, you know what? Let's not talk about her. Um, boy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, in that in that role, again, he's playing a love interest mm-hmm. to the main character. He, mm-hmm. This is not his movie. Right. But in this movie, he's sort of, again, another the one that got away type. Yes. He's someone for whom a woman has still incredibly strong feelings, yes. whether that's the nostalgia mixed in with what could have been and what we had and etc and he is so soft-eyed in this movie oh my god i wanted to climb inside the film and kind of be like why don't you love me babes yes (laughs) yes and he's so charismatic because we see the relationship through a a series of flashbacks throughout the the movie right and so we see the beginning the middle all the heat and passion that comes with the new part and the the heat and passion that comes with the ends. Yeah. So we see all of that. And I believed every bit of it. I, I was like, I see it. I want it. <laughs> Lakeith, what's up? Like, Listen, you know how good it was. I stopped thinking about him as Lakeith and I began to think of him as Nate. Yes. Like straight away, I was kind of like, oh my God, Nate, no. Oh, wait, yes. wait, wait, what? That's Lakeith Sanfield. <laughs> but like, I believed in him. I, yeah. he's, he's so, even the way he and uh, Gina's character called Jenny, how they get together. It's like really hot and really yeah. like charming. Yeah. And you're kind of like, oh my God, that would work yes. on me. Yes. And I remember looking at that movie and I was like, you know, overall, it's like a solid seven out of 10. It's, yeah. a, it's a fine, very good in terms of just what it does. It hits all the tropes. It's whatever. Right. But the center of it, yes, it's Gina. But for me, I did a really kind of like, I, I did like a cost analysis. And I was like, <laughs> no, the, where I put the bulk of my money is on Nate. Mm-hmm. He has an ease to him. That again, we've said it naturalistic, all that jazz, but again, allowed to be lusted after. And, you know, it also showcases a very fantastic thing, which is more often than not, when Lakeith is on TV or movies and he's playing a love interest, it is often, in fact, it's always a woman of color. Yes, because he has a movie that's coming out in 2020 starring Mm -hmm. him and Issa Rae called The Photograph. Listen, the trailer just came out. It looks beautiful. It looks incredible. And it is just, I'm here for it. I want it right now. I want to put it inside my eyeballs. Oh I my want to slice it up thin <laughs> as garlic and just lay it 
directly like contact <laughs> lenses. Just put the movie as garlic contact lenses on my eyes. It looked the trailer. He's doing again that thing of just like earnest in love. Yes. He looks like a man who is ready to lay it all on the line. Yes. He's going to risk everything yes. for this love. And he does this thing when he is um, playing these love interests where he he drops his voice when he's talking to the woman. Bitch. <laughs> Talk about like it. when he is up close and he's trying to let them know I'm serious about this. I'm Listen. serious about us, Listen. baby. That <laughs> thing. Mm. <laughs> All right, Lauren Hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Because you know he's such he's a funny dude. Sure. So his voice tends to be, you know, like he's he sounds regular, like a regular like a person, regular dude. Sure. Regular dude, voice regular. But then when he drops it, listen. That's not the I, only thing dropping. Right. Listen. Lakeith, let me find out. Let me. <laughs> Respectfully, you know, like, you know, whatever your situation is, respectfully. <laughs> this is all done in good faith, good sir. But I'm just saying, like, there is something so potent about, because again, it's kind of like what we said when we did the Tom Hiddleston episode mm. about a certain kind of realism. And we were talking in that episode specifically about the tuck Mm. that Tom Hiddleston does yes. when it's kind of like against oh the wall gosh. situation yes. the thing with Lakeith with the voice dropping is it is a very subtle thing that I don't think you can script Yes, but he knows that if you pitch your voice a little bit deeper as you would in real life yes. there is an element of realism to it that just hits correctly you don't even know what you're responding to yes. until you go through and you essentially itemize your shopping list like yes. what am I getting here yes. and then you think oh he's doing it because that's what you would do right. it's what men do in fact do Right, and it's the reason why you react to it is because you you would react to that in real life. Yes. And Lakeith said, don't worry, I've got you. I'm going to give you a naturalistic ass performance Listen. and you're going to eat it up. Woo! You that trailer. Yeah. Mm. The trailer, the, photo, the photograph looks really, really good. Shout out to Stella Meggie. Yes. Who, again, has quite the streak of black romantic comedy. She's doing so much in terms of just putting us and our stories in a way mm. that feels different. Mm-hmm. Because it's, again, reflecting a more common reality mm-hmm. than what we have been given in the past. So shout out to you, Stella. Mm-hmm. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah, so I, I kind of want to go back to um, him playing um, the love interest for women of color. Yes. Um, and with someone great, obviously, he was playing across uh, Gina Rodriguez, like we mentioned. And I think that that is also important as we see more romances featuring interracial couples and I you know hey Hollywood interracial couples are more than just black and white people or even <laughs> or even just white plus right at this point it's kind of like as long as one of them is white then it's interracial and it's like right. bruh no we got a lot of mixing going on out there listen like, <laughs> it's a lot you ever heard about Blasians <laughs> you ever heard about Latinx people who are also Afro like come on fam. yeah like this is not a I think it's not even a difficult thing right it's it's not difficult at all. Right. And yet the choices are made over and over and over again where you just kind of think, wow, if only you allowed yourself to see something other than yes. what you have grown up or what you understand to be yes. this thing. The world is so full. It's so full. And we have seen so many different kinds of couples out there. And, you know, if people could just... When I say people, I mean, you know, the Hollywood executives, yeah, the white, they, the white Hollywood. Yeah. Executives. If, like you just said, like if you could see outside of yourself. Yes. Because they're always surprised when these kinds of movies do well. Yeah. Meanwhile, we already know. Yes. We've been new. And this is the yes. other thing as well. that the, the, the statement that you just said, see outside of yourself. 
it's something that we as black women, mm-hmm. as consumers, we have been doing since day dot. Yes. Because if we were waiting for representations of ourselves, we would be dead and yes. still nothing would be on there. So yes. we are very capable of looking outside. And it turns out that the people who are not capable of that right. are the ones in charge. Right. Now, you may remember the episode Back to Basics that we did quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invited our good uh, friend, <laughs> Bolu, <laughs> a.k.a. Babs, on Twitter. And she tweeted something that just kind of nailed the very specific appeal of Lakeith. She said he was going to be the black rom-com king of our generation. Yeah. And she then said, <laughs> but you all laughed at me. I ain't forget. Um, and I love her surety about this, but she said it again. She said, listen, and I thought this was a really lovely way to kind of uh, put him in the spectrum of mm-hmm. black rom com kings mm-hmm. but she said if morris chestnut was the ideal black boyfriend of the 90s and the noughts aka urbane upwardly mobile suave smooth lakeith is this generation's black rom-com boyfriend emotionally intelligent creative quirky funny yes this is why we had bolu on the show okay? yes experts she knows her pop culture <laughs> and she just did us like a quick breakdown in 180 characters or less <laughs> Shout out to you, Bolu. But yes, that's basically Lakeith in a nutshell. He's emotionally intelligent. He seems that way. He seems creative. They often put him in creative roles. Right. He's quirky, for sure. He's Mm -hmm. funny, no doubt. Yes. That's my king, bro. I love him. We're going to talk briefly about Sorry to Bother You because you mm. haven't seen it yet. I haven't, no. Yeah. I'm, and I'm notoriously late on all cultural yeah. items. No, it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, I did see it um, in the theater. It stars, obviously, Lakeith. And then there's also one of our favorites, Stephen Young, in there. Right. And Tessa Thompson. It's a very thirst, uh, snack-heavy yeah, uh, film. Yeah, um, Snack-heavy, but not necessarily thirsty no. at, at all. No. Um, so that was really interesting. And I think we have a clip where he's talking about um, getting these roles and and not having to use his white voice, which is a part of Sorry to Bother You because he's a telemarketer and he's, you know, when he's using his original voice, his regular voice, he's not getting, you know, it's not, he's not very successful. But Danny Glover comes in and is like, no, nah, man, you got to use your white voice. <laughs> and so then his career skyrockets and we see what happens from there. But Lakeith himself also has a little journey with the white voice. That's a really good part of of being able to be in projects like this is that we have the opportunity to explore those things and and bring in and usher in um, just a new way to see uh, black people because we've always felt it. We've always known that we can be anything and everything, Mm -hmm. but we aren't always seen as that and not always portrayed as that and not always allowed to be that. So here's Mm -hmm. a space where, uh, you know, I don't need to put on my white voice, if that makes sense. I can let out the crazy imagination (laughs) and just be myself. And uh, I think that's part of what is one of the underlying themes of this uh, movie, um, amongst many other things. uh, (sighs) Okay. Can I just say? Right. His voice. (laughs) It rumbled in my chest. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good voice. Yeah, it's a very good voice. Um, I think it's important that we do talk about his stumbles Mm. because they have been significant. I mean, yes, they have been. And we don't want to downplay them or dismiss them at all. Absolutely not. Um, So back in 2018, 
there was a video because mm-hmm. Lakeith has uh, social media. Or he did. He would post these videos of him just being silly, dancing around on his Instagram. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he would share that also on his Twitter. So he would be dancing around. He would be singing, making up freestyles and stuff like that. And he um, did one particular freestyle that was homophobic. He used some slurs, other language that was just juvenile, childish, and quite frankly, yes, offensive. Like there's no two ways about it. Right. And people took him to task for that and you know at first he was a little defensive he was which I think is the default position when you've been called out yes it's to kind of like be like you know the the equivalent is when people kind of say I'm sorry if you were offended he didn't say this but I'm saying the defensiveness seems like a reaction that kind of comes up as the first reaction Mm -hmm. but of course you know, there are some things that are red lines for you. Right. And you don't see them. Right. And then someone has to point them out to you, at which point you go, oh, my God. Right. And he did do that. He was kind of defensive at first. And then I don't know what happened, but there seemed to be a moment where he perhaps took a step back and took stock of what he had done and who he had offended and how he had offended. Because that's the other thing as well. People often hear the noise and they're not taking care to read the particulars Mm -hmm. of what they have done. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think results sometimes in some of those half-assed apologies where you're just kind of like, bro, you don't even know what you did wrong. Right. Or rather, you're you're refusing to accept that you did something wrong. Right. So he did issue an apology and, you know, he explained that when he's doing these raps, it's not him it's not Lakeith he is adopting a persona which you know kind of sounds a lot like oh I was hacked you know yeah, that kind of stuff it has a cop-out feel yeah it does um and again you know your mileage may vary about how you feel about this so we definitely are keeping an eye on him you know um that's part of the reason why it took us so long to talk about him because we don't want to necessarily say what he did was okay because it was not at all mm-hmm. um but He has not made any similar violations since then. Right. And we don't presume to talk on behalf of the community that he offended. Yes. Like, we're not kind of going, we've forgiven him because technically it's really none of our, (laughs) it's not our place. Right. To kind of be like, well, we've forgiven him, so it's fine. It's not, it's not a case of we've forgiven him, it's whatever. But like Nicole says, what we do is we operate and we keep our eye on the sparrow (laughs) and we try and basically figure out, like, listen, some people express some kind of sincere apology Mm -hmm. and maybe it's sincere or maybe it's not Mm -hmm. the only thing we can do of course is judge people on their behavior yes and so at this point he fucked up in such a major way yes and then apologized and since then we have kept our eye on him we don't know how he feels internally we don't know anything a lot of what we're doing here is projecting shout out to projection (laughs) but it appears that he is at least for now understanding that words mean things yes and you cannot say shitty homophobic terribly offensive things yes and expect that everybody will just roll over and get with the program just once you say oh I've, I've, I've apologized it's fine right we don't know that right but we've got our eye on you that's the good yeah. thing <laughs> when you fuck up we're kind of like cool great you're going on the list bro right and I think it's important uh, well for me you know they always say the the best apology is changed behavior mm. and again we don't know what's happening internally the kind of conversations he's having with his friends we can only go by what we've seen in public and we hope that he has taken his own apology to heart and changed his behavior and that we won't have any more trouble out of him because he is young he's 
right at 28 right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So he is still learning how to be a public figure, even though, like we mentioned, he has been booked and busy and his filmography is constantly growing. Mm. Um, Hopefully he has learned his lesson. Fingers crossed. You can't know, can you? You you never know. know. That's that's exactly (laughs) it. But like in the meantime, like, yeah, we'll be watching and, you know, hopefully... Like you said, change behavior. Yeah. It's quite the aphrodisiac. Right. Sex appeal is nothing if you're a dick. Listen, (laughs) cross-stitch that on a pillow and put it directly in my house. Like, I want to frame that. Sex appeal means zero if you're a dick. Yeah. Look at that. She really is a poet, ladies and gentlemen. So, Nicole. Yes, Bim. (laughs) (laughs) We've established that Lakeith uh, Stanfield has um, all sorts of uh, points of entry. (laughs) Yes. As it were, with regards to what makes him so appealing. Um, I am incredibly curious to see what you've come up with this week with regards to your drabble. Oh, boy. Um, Okay. I don't even know how to... I mean... I hate when you do an intake of breath because I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean? No, it's just... It's a little longer than what I typically do but I don't want people to think oh just because it's longer it's gonna be steamier or something uh-huh, you know uh-huh. what I mean like I don't no, know no expectations we're yes. going in there with just the understanding there's a drabble it's about Lakeith Stanfield yes. we're gonna just manage expectations Yes. come in with an open heart and open redacted and let's get into it alright here we go the guy and I watched each other from across the venue throughout the entire opening act of the show The floor filled with bodies as more people moved closer to the stage, ready for the main act, so I thought I'd lost him in the crowd, but then I felt his eyes on me and shifted my gaze up. A brown, unmasked Spider-Man, knees and elbows angled in sharp contrast to the smile he curved at me, he sat on top of one of the speakers near the stage. I wonder if he got up there specifically to find me over the gathering crush of bodies. He raised his plastic cup of brown liquor on ice at me, and I nodded in return. Then I pushed back into the crowd, heart pounding. When I reached the hallway leading to the restrooms, I wasn't surprised to hear a voice behind me. I'm Lakeith. He leaned toward me, close enough that I could smell the woodsy sweetness of his cologne without him touching me. I told him my name and let my eyes take in the sharpness of his face, the slick smile, the hips that found the rhythm and the so-so music around us. We moved to the side to let others go around us, neither of us really needing to be in line in the first place. With my back against the wall, he moved in close and touched my left wrist lightly. He looked around to see if anyone was paying attention to us, then lowered his mouth just below my ear, still not touching me anywhere but my wrist, a careful, soft hold, all fingers, all thrill. Find me later so I can take my time with you. I thought he would kiss the tender spot on my neck or even my cheek, but he held himself close for a beat too long, letting his words sink in, listening to my breathing change. No touching, just his skin whispering a promise to mine. What? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This bitch said, find me later. (sighs) Just, you don't get to make a zen face right now. If you could see Thess Buckets, she's got her hands clasped as though in prayer. And she's looking with, like, her eyes are closed. And she's kind of like, uh, it is done, your majesty. Get the fuck out. What? 
<gasps> I am so, so happy that you wrote that because oh, I feel wow. like I'm going to go home and complete that fanfic <laughs> my damn self. Congrats. Uh, Congrats, Nicole. Thank you. That was a, a stunning piece of work. Thank you. I just feel like he is very smooth. I mean, like a seal. <laughs> Listen, he's smoother than an otter's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and like he would make you mm-hmm. act outside of yourself. Not in a not in a completely like who uh, am I? Yeah, but just kind of like you know, looking for that little thrill. So, have you ever seen that movie Unfaithful? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what an exhalation. <laughs> the scene that I am about to talk about is Oh my god. It's the scene when Diane Lane is coming back into the city. Yes. And she's on the train. Yes. And she just smiles to herself. Yes. Because she's remembering some shit that yes. went down. Yes. And I feel like Lakeith does a similar thing where an hour, six hours, twelve hours later, yes. you find yourself just like smiling. Yes. And people are kind of like, what's going on with her? And you're like, you don't need to know what's going on. Don't worry about it. Man. Like, he just makes you want to do that soft, reminiscent smile of like, man, listen, yes. Tuesday was a trip, wasn't it? Yes. That's it. So, yeah, shout out to Spider-Man Lakeith. Um, <laughs> I'm into it. I love that he was in a crouch when you spotted him yes. on the speaker. Because <laughs> he's so goofy. That is some atmospheric <laughs> shit that you wrote in there. And I'm proud of you, buddy. You did it. Well, I'm ready to hear your drabble. Sure. Um... <laughs> No, I mean that. I'm not even trying to... I, I mean that very, very truthfully. Like, okay. I'm also excited. I also went slightly too long. It doesn't mean anything. I no. just ended up writing a lot because yes. it turns out once you turn on the faucet, well, it's right. a flood, baby. So I just <laughs> carried on right Stop that right now. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> you just... You didn't have I'm to. <laughs> you put your tongue back inside your mouth. I not say anything. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. All right. So this is my drabble. So how did I do... Lakeith sidled into the wraparound booth until his thigh was flush with mine. His right hand rested on the table in front of us, the other idled on my thigh. Instinctively, my legs tensed with pleasure at the lazy pressure. You did wonderfully, I said. We were an hour into what had been a surprise birthday party organized by him with the input of my friends, and I was taking some time away from wearing my three-inch heels but also from being the centre of attention. Uh How did you pull this off without me even guessing? His back curved as he leaned in closer. What did I do wonderfully? he asked. I rolled my eyes indulgently at his need for specificity. (laughs) He had corralled all my favourites, the coconut cake with the frosting from the bakery we'd gone back to on our second date. He'd helped formulate a gin-based cocktail, the Bimpossible, plus a mocktail version the bemotion, because he knew I was on antibiotics that week. He'd even made a cute video of all my friends and family that weren't around to help me celebrate, starting, of course, with him wearing a faux fur cardigan, dancing in our bathroom and singing along to my favourite Glenn Lewis song, Don't You Forget It. Mm. I looked at him now, taking my time, taking him in. His mustard shirt shouldn't have worked, open at the collar to showcase his elegant neck, his oldest tattoo sneaking out to say hi. But on him, the garment looked like spun gold, radiating upwards to set a shine to his face. With its curious mix of childlike and incredibly wise, the lips that always quirked into a smile that hinted at mischief and delight. Everything, I sighed into his neck, linking my fingers with his. Every damn thing. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> what is that face you are making right now? It's all scrunched up. <laughs> okay, ma'am, I see you. Yeah. I see you. I love a mustard shirt. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when it's open at the collar. Listen, bitch. Mm-hmm. Listen. <laughs> That's what necks are for. <sighs> okay. Woo wee. Yeah. It's um it feels like a good week for Drabbles. Right, yes. Okay. But so, we've been on a winning streak, to yeah, be fair. I yeah. feel like our Drabbles have really stepped up. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, good. I'm glad. I thought yeah. it was just me bigging myself no, up. No. Like, my Drabbles are amazing. But, like, no. truly, we've been knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but we're also going to read a Drabble from one of our listeners today. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to Cookie, who sent us in uh, a Drabble that we're going to read this week. And Cookie is actually a bit of a prolific uh, emailer. <laughs> With regards to her travel, she has many thoughts. And we wanted to read this one in particular because it struck quite the chord with us also as well. So shout out to you, Cookie. And here is your travel about Manny Yacinto. How do you know the newlyweds? Manny asks while we stand in the drink line. I was the bride's editor. You? He leans in close and whispers. Honestly, I don't know anyone here. I just wrapped a location shoot in this hotel and I wandered in here when I saw you. A smile, a wink. I look down and blush. Want to get out of here? He dares. Eyebrow quirked. I know a place with better drinks. How could I refuse? Okay, Cookie. (laughs) All right. Cookie said you're going to get this travel. Yes. And then she sent it. Listen, Manny is such a cutie pie. He is. I have. I don't. He he leaves me speechless because (laughs) he is so beautiful. Yes, he is. Like, he is stunning. He's. I think often about the thing that, uh, what's his face? Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. <laughs> tweeted the first time he saw yeah. Manny's face. <laughs> like, that can't be right. Yes. <laughs> and that's how I feel a lot of the time. Like, wait, you're not allowed to have that many angles on your face, good <laughs> sir. And yet, and I think, you know, if you want to hear our thoughts on Manny, you can go back to one of our old episodes in which we spoke with Kathy and Tobin of the Nancy podcast. And you can find all of that on our Tumblr. So please go back, listen, and just, yeah, reindulge in the joy of Manny. In the meantime, though, thank you very much, Cookie, for sending in your drabbles. You too can send in your short, we must stress, short <laughs> drabbles to thirstaidkit at slate.com. And if you're lucky, we will read it out there. So please include your pronouns. Thank you. Thursday Kit is a Slate production produced by Cher Vincent and us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewunmi. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at ThirstAidKit and we're at Bimadew, that's B-I-M-A-D-E-W and Tennessee Whiskey Woman, that's T-N, Whiskey with an E, Woman. Plus, we are on Tumblr. Shout out to all of our Thirst Buckets who keep us very busy over there and that is at ThirstAidKitPodcast.tumblr.com Please feel free to send us your questions and we might could answer them. If you live tweet your listen, we see you and we appreciate you. Please use the hashtag TACPOD. That's T-A-K-P-O-D. You can also feel free to send us an email with your thoughts to thirstaidkit at slate.com. You can also make use of our Thirst Sommelier service. Please just send us a short, and we do in fact mean short, voice message. Call and leave that message at 510-984-4778. That's 5109-THIRST. Non-US Thirst Buckets, please send us a short voice note via email. We are, once again, at thirstaidkit at slate.com. And if you have the time, please head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a star rating. 
five stars seems appropriate, please and thank you. Also, you know, word of mouth is very important as well. So tell your friends, tweet, I don't know, share on Instagram, all of that. Tell everybody all about us. I love how shameless you are about that. (laughs) We are here for all your thirsty needs. So please tune in next week and the week after that. And in the meantime, we urge you, thirst with vim and indeed with vigor. (laughs) Stay thirsty. Bye. But his filmography is of someone with a much longer career. Right. Alrighty. And it's varied. It is substantial. Yes. It, it, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, all I, I'm thinking about there's a series of euphemism. It's varied. It's substantial. What else is it, Nicole? It's veiny. Oh, my God. <laughs>